Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. I attended the Listen Feminist Conference in Melbourne on the weekend of the 14th, 15th and 16th of October. Initially, I thought I was attending a music conference that was going to feature some performers from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. That's why I went. But actually, it was a very highly politicised event and I remembered the potential of music and the performing arts to convey and carry a political message. So naturally, I recorded a number of speeches and over the coming weeks, I'm going to broadcast these. Let me start off by telling you something about LISTEN. LISTEN exists to spark and cultivate a conversation from a feminist perspective around the experiences of marginalised people in Australian music. Beginning with a website to share experiences and stories, rants, ephemera and mixed tapes, and leading to a printed anthology, LISTEN is here to encourage more equal participation in the music industry. The opening keynote address was delivered by the performing artist Coco Solid. Jessica Hansel, who is Coco Solid, describes herself as a musician, writer, artist and philosopher girl. She hails from Auckland, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Over this week and next, I'll broadcast Coco Solid's opening address. Kaputi, 
kaputa, te ira tangata, tona tuakiri, te taha wairua, te taha kiko kiko, tihei mauri ora. Ko tenei takumahi, ki te whakaro te whakaro, te kākono mai te whakaro, kaputa te kupu, te tohi, te mahi. Ko tenei te mahi o te kaitoi, ko tenei te mahi o tātou, ko hui mai nei i tenei ata. Nā reira, kia koutou ngā mihi maioha, ngā mihi mahana, ngā mihi awha mō te koutou whakaaro, te koutou tuhi, te koutou kōrero, te koutou mahi toi, nā te koutou mahi, ka ora te whakaaro. Ko Jessica Hansel tōku ingoa, mea Coco Solid hoki. Ko Whakarongoarua tōku maunga. Ko Utakura tōku awa. Ko Moko Nui Arangi tōku marai. Ko Ngāpui Nui Tōnu tōku iwi. Ngā mihi ki ngā atua me oku tūpuna i tēnei ata. Ngā mihi nui kia koutou katoa. Kia ora. So greetings and thank you, thank you for listening to, for bringing me here to speak with you today. Um, yeah, I've just given you a karakia, a mihi and a pepeha and I've told you who I am and I've invited my people, my ancestors to join us as I talk in theory for an hour. <laughs> keep that real loose, keep that real flexible. Now to tell you who I am in English, crown language, because I know some of you are sitting here and you're looking at this scruffy and this person kicking off this fucking festival and you're thinking, who the fuck is she? <laughs> and I'm above and below what follows, so I'll be reductive and give you an X-Men origin story. Um, my mother is Māori, she's from the tribe Ngāpuhi in the Upper North Island of Aotearoa, New Zealand. That's where she was raised. In the 60s, during the urban migration of Māori from rural areas, she moved to <coughs> Auckland, South Auckland. This is where she met my father. My father is the son of migrants. My grandfather, his father, was the son of German settlers in Samoa during the German reign in Samoa. And my grandmother is Samoan. She was based in Rarotonga. I don't know, no, it's all over the place. Um, and she came, they both migrated to Greyland, which in uh, Auckland for a big chunk of the 20th century was a huge hub for Pacific Island migration. So, my mother and my father went on to raise me and my sisters and I was raised in South Auckland, Manukau City, which has the highest Polynesian population in the world. This is where I was raised, this is how I was formed and I am yeah, a multicultural person who gained access through the hard work of my parents to an education which I went on to take 
Like, not seriously, but well, I'm here, ain't I? So, yeah, that's kind of the cultural world from which I come and stand before you. In terms of my artistry, when I was about 19, I was in a punk band called The Pussies. And The Pussies was comprised of uh, four young girls who our prerequisite was that you had to be multicultural or biracial. It was uh, Mulatto Manifesto. And during this time, that's how I had come from basically a big hip-hop upbringing in South Auckland. Uh, but I had gone to, I guess, predominantly white schools in the city where I was sent by my family. And this is how I came and got introduced to uh, punk philosophy, which meant to infuse, you know, a rap and roll kind of output from me. And uh, we were a charismatic but very troubled band. And we imploded, as all good bands do. <laughs> and during this time, I undertook uh, comics and zines. I found those uh, vehicles very freeing for me. And I produced um, an array of works. Uh, this is not a comic. Spoiler, it was. Um, <laughs> fight the fight. And my uh, zine that I put out annually, in theory, called Philosophy Girl, which basically was how I coped with having a very cerebral existential <laughs> outlook, but not necessarily being equipped with the modes in which to express it in, you know, academic settings. So I took it off my own world. And Philosophy Girl, I would uh, publish a lot of my own writing and. Um, it's actually how I got into uh, the International Institute of Modern Letters where I did my Masters in Creative Writing. During that time, this was about five years ago, uh, I was the only Māori and Pacific Island person in this writing program. And it was my first introduction to uh, unpacking the systemic race and class issues that plague literature, contemporary art, um, yeah, writing in general. And from that experience, you know, pop versus MFA styles, I kind of have dedicated a lot of my time outside of my artistic output to really critiquing and mobilising other uh, writers of um, eclectic backgrounds to kind of just basically share our work on our terms. So although I loathe critics, I do think that discourse surrounding the art that I do is constantly uh, meshed together. So that brings me to, I guess, the vehicle that is Coco Solid. I've been called that nickname for over half my <coughs> life now. Um, Coco Solid was my way of just navigating my life. I put it into music, art, comics, writing, cartoons, anything really. Just, you know, Coco is my, my shield for a lot. And through that I got into other bands. I'm in a band um, 
called Bad Energy, which is big up my girl down Trixie Darko, she's here today, she was in the band. Um, we're on Flying Nun and Parallel Dance Ensemble, which I met Robin Hannibal at the Red Bull Music Academy when I was pretty young and we went on to uh, create that work together and I currently do an inclusive club night called Queenie Control where we prioritise the um, DJs uh, being uh, people of colour, people who are queer, uh, transgender, uh, anybody who I believe doesn't get any exposure in a nightclub setting because I like music and I like the club but I just, it just so happens that I'm, it's a pretty fraught place. So when you want something done you've got to do it yourself, you know. Um, <laughs> And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. This is Coco Solid's opening keynote address at the Listen Feminist Music Conference in Melbourne over the weekend of October 14, 15 and 16. Queenie control. Queenie is the Māori word for queen. So by electing that word, I put sacred femininity at the forefront of the uh, philosophy in which we engage. Control is spelled for Q, and that's just my little hint signifier that, you know, it's a queer vibe. And <laughs> control, I don't really think I need to explain that. Control is something that is not promised to a, a lot of us. <coughs> Sovereignty, ownership, yeah, so it just, to a lot of people it's just this little scruffy club night, but to me it is a very deep expression and it's my way of physically being out in the streets representing what it is that I believe in via art and fun, because we do need to have fun because it's a fucked up world. So, in recent years my writing took over and I became a screenwriter and a published tech, I don't know. Um, and I created a cartoon called Aroha Bridge. They got me going in. Um, Aroha Bridge is about two Māori siblings who are trying to make it big in the low-income, low-glamour suburbs of New Zealand. Gee, I wonder where I got that inspiration from. Um, it's just the negotiations, cultural and artistic living under the the beautiful open world of family, which is also the suffocating, <laughs> restricting life of Aotearoa New Zealand sometimes. And they are in a band called Hookups and it's just them grappling in a comical way with things like race relations and their art. So, adulthabridge.com. Uh, I've been working on a film too because animation is a big passion of mine. I'm a real cartoon nerd, so that's been in the pipeline for a couple of years with Taika Waititi's film company. Um, it's called Pretty Buzzy, you'll see why soon, I don't know. And um, I went on to, basically I just, I really love writing and I really love using writing to mobilise my people and create mirrors where I see that we lack them. And recently I just completed a mentoring program with Rangatahi, which is Māori and Pacific Youth. Uh, kids, hello? Kids who are... 
kids who are excluded from the mainstream education, people who have been kicked out because of systemic issues outside of their control, and they are often recognised for their artistic talent, and we work with them for uh, a few weeks, climaxing with the show at the Aotea Centre in Auckland, which is the biggest performance centre. And it's a very spiritual experience to be a part of, and it's amazing to be with my people creating work and basically morphing the self-image that is constantly <coughs> body-snatched 24-7 from the indigenous people and the migrant population of Aotearoa. So it's my way of, again, using what I, all I know, all I'm good at, to reach out to younger incarnations of myself. So, yeah, I basically just deal in all the isms, um, especially in terms of the mediums I work in. You know, I don't play when I discuss those things. And um, when I am discussing those things, I stopped employing a filter a while ago because I just kind of realised I only have one life and, um, yeah, while I'm here talking to you now, if I say anything that offends you, I apologise, but I really just can't be focused, like, hold me back. <laughs> so, when I'm asked to speak at engagements such as this, I welcome dubiousness and suspicion as to who I am, because in truth, I refract dubiousness back and I ask myself, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Which might be the co-papa, and co-papa loosely translated, it means my ethos, my holistic manifesto of sorts. Sounds white, but you know. <laughs> I might employ this today as my co-papa. Who are you? And are you really out here? And are you working towards the same things as me? Really, truly. Are you deserving of my cultural, emotional labour when you ask me to stand up here and give you some kind of insight into my life? If you are out here, who the fuck are you out here for? And those who need change, are you out there working for them? Or are you out here for yourself? to look good. So when the aliens come and board us, you've got a clean record. <laughs> you need to make up your mind. I think there are a lot of signifiers and terms that we are using within the construct of feminism. And we're using them like badges and fences to reward ourselves constantly. And if we are being honest, this is driven by an industrialised white feminism and I entered this racket, not as a feminist necessarily, but as someone who came from a family of strong and supportive Māori Pacific and Pākehau white women. And we call this empowering energy manawahine. And it is something that I employ within my worldview because it is driven by intuition. It's not privy to rehearsed regiments. I go with my gut. And it's driven by empathy, not fashionable punishments. And it is motivated by the prioritising of people of colour, queer people, transgender people, people with low access to money and resources, and our langatahi, our young people. I feel it's productive to acknowledge that in these kinds of environments, 
I am still asked to deliver my story and my experiences and my work within frameworks that feed the Western idea of what is a good woke feminist. Am I, am I good enough for you? Am I delivering this in a way that you can consume? I have no interest in the Las Vegas circuit of paid pontification. I find it embarrassing. I'm out here for my communities and to move the culture, and I hope that you all are too. Often when faced with the idea of performative feminism, it feels like we all want to be on the right side of history. But being on the right side of the present moment is of equal value to me. This requires that we interrogate our motives constantly in every single exchange that we make. This requires that we embody, not just superficially represent, and we repair our errors and not make them catty reflections of our worth as cultural figures. For me, this life is not a professional flex on LinkedIn. Being a threat in the eyes of those who I question, for those who loathe change essentially, isn't actually my idea of a good time, believe it or not. I would actually really like to be, you know, fun-loving gal. <laughs> that would be me, you know. But the bottom line is, this is fucking light work. This is what we're here to do. This is like a spiritual undertaking. And I'm the latest design of my ancestors. Therefore, I am here to represent their survival and their enduring ideologies accordingly. So I've got a little bit more on my mind, you know. This means that there's a lot of slow burn processes for me that take precedent over gratifying climactic ones, which certain modes of feminism are big fans of. The thing with the top three scams of all time, capitalism, patriarchy, white supremacy, <laughs> is they hinge on speed and tangible deliverables. And this is at odds with the work that we need to actually do often. We need to stop rolling out reductive, succinct snapshots of how best to heal our communities, and we need to actually psychically invest and that means long-form discussion, thankless discussion, invisible discussion, where you don't always get a pat on the back. You may even get dissed for your troubles. But we need to start valuing the oral traditions over the thick pieces and the CVs and engage with each other's work in a state of constant consultation, constant collaboration, constant inclusion. And we need to be open to the fact that that might involve burning our hallucinated empires to the ground if it means authentic respect. You feel me? Yes. I think there is an ideal of destabilizing hierarchies. And this is supposedly the crux of feminism, in essence. Destabilizing the hierarchies that keep us estranged from the things we are entitled to. But in order to abolish these ideals, we need to move away from what I see as being a synthetic oppression Olympics and grabbing at trauma capital and semantics, a thrashing of semantics that literally exclude those that they claim to be helping. This flex is redundant. 
While I'm honoured that you have me, a Māori German Samoan rapping rando, opening your conference. And I understand this is both a privilege and the gravity is not by any means lost on me. I urge you, I implore you, to instate an Indigenous keynote speaker from Australia next time. Not just, not just one, several. You need several Aboriginal orators up in events such as this. Because every time I'm in the Kulin Nation on the unceded land of Wuju people, I'm reminded that I'm standing on, the sto on stolen land that is never acknowledged, be whether I'm moving in social circles, high octane events such as this, it is acknowledged in a way that I think is never enough. That was Coco Solid's opening keynote address at the Listen Feminist Music Conference in Melbourne over the weekend of October 14, 15 and 16. Tune in to the second and concluding part of that speech on next week's program of Accent of Women. If you're interested in checking out Coco Solid's work, you can go to her website, which is simply cocosolid.com. The music you're listening to on this show is Coco Solid herself, with a track called Slow Torture. Additionally, if you want to learn more about Listen, go to their website, which is listenlistenlisten.org. A big thank you to the conference organisers for the use of this week's audio. And that's all we have time for on today's program. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website and that's 3cr.org.au and that's the digit 3 not spelt out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in to Accent of Women. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week. Oh,